Welcome to Takeaways, Life Lessons Learned. I'm your host, Hayam Mizrahi, recording from MDL Group. Recognize market leaders in commercial real estate brokerage and property management in Las Vegas, Nevada. Join me as I explore my takeaways from the people who have influenced me the most. Let's get started. So that's the question. You know, Rod Santomassimo, I'll, I'll kind of give him a, a solid nod here. He posed the question, what is your pivot plan for the time being, what you talked about, if you're not gaining market share, how are you capturing mind share? But then what is your relaunch plan? The second they announce we're coming back, what is your plan? What is your plan as a broker? What is your plan as a, as a business? What are your plans as a, as a title executive? What is your relaunch plan? That is something for everyone listening to start thinking about right now. Hello and welcome to this edition of my podcast. My name is John Sanders. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it. This is episode number 20. And we're going to get into why that's significant here in just a little bit. But uh, today, I'm excited to be joined by Hayam Mizrahi. Hayam is CCIM president, principal at MDL Group, where he oversees all brokerage activity, including sales and leasing. He's a proud Las Vegas native, graduate of UNLV. Hayam also serves on the board for NAOP Southern Nevada and on the board of CORFAC, C-O-R-F-A-C International. Hayam, how are you? Fantastic. How are you, John? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. I really appreciate it. I put a quick emphasis on that episode number 20. And the reason I did so, because I've shared the story a few different times on this podcast, but uh, you are very instrumental. I would say the most influential when it comes to me launching this podcast. I, I tell it over and over, but you were the one that essentially were my accountability partner. You told me, give me a date. And yep. so I did, October 31st, and uh, you helped me out a little bit with coming up with the name, uh, and you also approved the artwork. So I feel like uh, this is as much your little baby as it is mine. Well, that gives me a lot of joy to hear you say that because I've had a lot of help myself on my journey to start a blog and a podcast and all that. And I remember the call that you and I had, I was standing literally just here when you were talking to me about you were kind of stuck and what do I do next? You know, Tim Ferriss has this great thing where he says, what would this look like if it were easy? And one of the things I remember you were stuck on was the title. And as we talked about, what do you want this podcast to be about? It was really you, everything that you are and what you're about. And you have so many different layers, you know, from golf to real estate, to your faith, to being a family man. And I said, just call the John Sanders podcast and run, man. And you did. And then you did. I didn't approve any artwork. You sent it to me. It was awesome. You just got some professional headshots done. You put it together beautifully. And here you are on episode 20. For reference, I've been doing this, I think, for two or three years now. I'm on episode 38. So you're coming up on my heels pretty quickly. You kind of described exactly what this is. And, and as you know, one of the things that I love to do is cook. And I know that you, uh, you're you much better at it than I, especially on uh, on those Facebook uh, posts. But what was in the smoker or in the kitchen this weekend? In the smoker this weekend were some drumsticks. Let me see if I could put up a picture here. One of my, I got two secrets to smoking. And I'll tell you my smoking journey and my smoking story. I think I mentioned to my wife 
year or so ago, it'd be cool to learn how to smoke meat. So for Father's Day last year, that's when the whole thing started. She bought me a little Weber Smoky Mountain cooker. And that's how it started. Same thing as my podcast journey, my smoking journey. I've had some significant help along the way. One, my good friend, Tom Dedon, I call him my smoking sensei. He was on the phone, on the bat phone with me for four days leading up to my first cook. So I've been smoking for about a year now. One of my secrets is Masterclass. It's an app. Tons of stuff on there from uh, cooking to writing to sports to negotiating to uh, Bob Iger has a masterclass. He's the, the CEO of Disney. But Aaron Franklin has a masterclass on smoking. So I've watched that. I can't tell you how many hours I, I've spent watching his masterclass. And it's been good. And then my other secret is YouTube. I got this recipe for the standing drumsticks off of YouTube. And that's what I that's what I smoke. Very cool. Yeah. So and, and you mentioned basically it's been about a year that you've really got the bug to get in the kitchen and, and masterclass and YouTube are the two uh it is a bug. Yeah. So the same thing. I don't know when it was. It was, it was only a few months ago. I said it'd be cool to make homemade pasta. Grab the master class. I learned, you should know this. I learned how to make pasta from um, Gordon Ramsay. I almost blanked on his name. I got a similar story. My buddy, Scott Fairchild, I was having a drink with him at his place. This is probably six, seven years ago. And he says, you know, every guy should be able to cook one thing of best quality, like one meal, like a wow meal. And I'm like, man, I don't know that I can boil water. Uh, let's give this a try. So I came home, turned on the, the cooking channel or, or whatever it was. And Bobby Flay was on and uh, it was, uh, it was a steak, a side and a dessert. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I printed out the recipe. I watched it a couple of times. I did it. I'd give it a seven or eight did it again, was as, as good as any steakhouse could be. And now I've just fallen yeah. in love with cooking. I cook all the time, uh, love to do it. Um, as much as you know, I love golf. I tell people all the time, I'd rather spend four hours cooking a great meal than four hours on the golf course. And that's saying something. That is saying something. Uh, you and I share Bobby Flay as a mentor. That's how I, you know, I met my wife. I never really watched TV before, except for like on Sundays, I would, you know, do my housework and watch, you know, TV epics on uh, HBO or Showtime or whatever. But then I met my wife. She was into the cooking shows. I got into uh, addicted to barbecue with Bobby Flay. And that yeah. was it for me. So real quick, I want to get into the commercial real estate side. And I want to go all the way back to the beginning. So when I got into this business, so with Chicago title on the, on the, on the commercial side, one of the very first offices that I called on was IPG over off of Warm Springs. I walk in there scared to death, not knowing uh, a whole lot about what, what I'm doing. And I go in there and there are such heavy hitters in that office. I could literally go office by office by office. And you and Jared Katz were in that office, and that's where we met. Real quick, is that where you started? Did you and Jared connected at IPG, or do I even know, or is there a layer before that? couple layers. I'll take you way back to Jared and I first met in a Jewish high school youth group called BBYO. He lived in Phoenix. I lived here. The region was Salt Lake, Vegas, Phoenix, and Tucson. So we'd get together in the fall and the spring for conventions. And then when Jared and I were juniors and seniors, we were on the board. So we'd get together another couple times for board meetings. And then there was always winter break in Phoenix or summer break in Salt Lake or Vegas. Then he came to school here at UNLV. We were in the same fraternity, went through university together. He was bartending through school. 
gave himself a year to just putz around and then got serious. He was then, he started in real estate with the Ventura family, Sam Ventura, Galid Ventura, Alone Ventura. They had a Remax commercial franchise. So that's where he started. He was paid 10 bucks an hour. Uh, basically as a runner, if he did a lease, he got 5% of it. Nothing to write home about. He bartended pretty much through, I would say, I, I think maybe 2012, because obviously then the recession happened. But he and I partnered up around 2008, 2007, I'm sorry, the end of 2007. So we started at that Remax commercial. We were then recruited to Prudential IPG. So of all the, the people in that office, and there were some amazing ones, many are still in our market. Do you still stay close with most of those? Absolutely. I was, te I was texting with Cassie, Cassie <laughs> Sue. She was Cassie County yep. back then. Uh, Dean Wilmore, who owned IPG and sold it to Jim Riggs. That's when it became Prudential IPG. Uh, he was on my podcast, one of the most listened to shows. Uh, I go to lunch with him pretty regularly. Okay. Yeah. It was a great office. It was a great culture. Um, and it was just, I think it eventually that office sold to what was then Commerce CRG, the Cushman Wakefield affiliate. And uh, Jared and I went to NAI Global around 2010. Yeah. So the NAI stop for you, that is when you started transitioning. In addition to your role as a broker, you started office management. Um, and, and Correct. that was during a time, right. That the market had started to actually, I think that the market was in its full decline at that point. Um, yet you were continuing to grow that office when everything was tanking, you were growing, share some about that. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I credit NAI global. I, I feel like I got a master's in brokerage operations from that experience. It was back then owned by the Finn family that founded NAI global. So still very much, I would say, although it was a global company with 350 offices around the world and all that, it was still very much a family operation. The Las Vegas office was an owned office. NEI is a licensing model where there's NEI Global that licenses the name NAI to a local company that wants a bigger brand. But um, the, the office back then was owned by Jeff Finn. The affiliate at the time, they said, we're done with Vegas. Thank you. Um, so it was a fantastic opportunity. I got to interact with and report to Jeff Finn, who for 30 years grew this thing into a top five global real estate brand in the world. And it was just awesome. Yes, we were able to recruit. Um, it was just a roll up your sleeves and, and do what you needed to do. It was an in the trenches job, not much different than what everyone's job is. So then uh, I think from NAI, ultimately you you go to MDL, just an, an amazing spot, but can you share the move to MDL and then really push right on through a little bit about MDL, where they are, who they are? We started our relationship with MDL. It was kind of two pronged. First and foremost, Jared and I tested for and got our CCIM designations and Carol Kleinong, who many people know, was the chapter president at the time. So she pinned us in New Orleans. That was really the, the first interactions that we had with Carol. Carol is the co-founder of MDL Group along with Kurt Anderson. Now, at the time at NAI, the, it was, like you said, recessionary times. The transaction cycle started with this thing called receiverships. If you wanted to do anything, you have to deal with a receiver or there may have been a special servicer. And all those folks wanted, first and foremost, do you have management? Can you help me manage this property? 
before we talk about leasing, before we talk about you selling it. And the NAI office at the time did not. So I opened up the Vegas Inc. book of list. I've got a stack of them over there every year. And I said, if I had a magic wand, who could I work with? And Carol is obviously at the top of the list. So um, it might have even been a bit before that we started a referring relationship with her. We knew that if we referred her our property management, the integrity of the company that MDL Group is, we wouldn't have to worry about the agents that worked at MDL Group poaching our, our clients. So we had that comfort and then we we had some conversations back when Jeff Finn still owned NAI about a merger or a joint venture. Fast forward, NAI Global, Jeff sold it to C3, which is a special servicer of CMBS debt. I would say they did what CMBS does. After a few months, they gave Jeff a pat on the back and a thank you very much. I don't think their visions aligned anymore. And then we got a call saying, you know what, this is outside of our model. We don't own offices. We license the name, so we're closing the office. I don't begrudge the, the C3 leadership at the time or the NEI leadership at the time for that decision. I feel like it was the right decision for them based on the alignment of their model. So they said, we're closing the office. We drew a line in the sand. We closed the office for them. Nobody got on a plane from New York. So it was very, you know, I emphasize that because it was, it was a big boy decision and it was done in an orderly way. But then it was time for us to find a new home. And it was a unique opportunity. I'll speak for Jared and I, the agents, you know, everyone did what they, what they did. But it was a unique opportunity for us to say, okay, where do we want to go? Where do we align with the most? And it wasn't in the, in, we didn't have to take meetings in the secrecy of the corner of a coffee shop or late at night. It was all out in the open. We knew we were closing the office. Everyone knew we were closing the office. Some folks called us and said, we'd like to talk to you. And we, we reached out and said, we'd like to talk to you. Interestingly, Kurt and Carol, you know, and then I'll talk about Kurt and Carol and how they founded MDL group. Uh, they said to us, listen, we were always interested in you. Hi, I'm and Jared. You know, the name on the door was kind of just uh, an added bonus. So if you guys are interested, the deal is still on the table. Uh, we just hope that you're okay with the name on the door. And frankly, John, we bought into the whole platform Kool-Aid conversation. So we weren't just jumping at that quite yet. And frankly, Carol uh, encouraged us, go meet with everybody, figure out what's right for you. And hopefully um, if there's a conversation, we'd love to have it. So we did, we met with everybody. And not ironically, I would say, Oh, excuse me. Every conversation led us back to MDL Group. And the reason was, you know, there were some companies that were dangling bonus money. Come here, we'll give you a bonus. Jared, I'll credit him. He said, Hi, I'm, that bonus money will spend. And at the end of the day, we are going to be in whatever office with whatever people. So our driver has to be people. Who are the people at the office? And everything will take care of itself from there. So every meeting led us back to Kurt and Carol and MDL Group. So MDL Group was founded in 1989. But prior to that, the real origin was this development company called DB5, Development by Five. Kurt Anderson is a CPA. He's still a practicing CPA in town. His company's Fair Anderson Langerman. And in the mid 80s, him and four other professional men, they all had their own core business, started a development company called DB5. They hired Carol. She at the time was with Nevada Title with Terry Wright. Um, they hired Carol. She was the operations manager and also the property manager for the properties that they developed. So they had a nice development run and going into the late 90s, recessionary times, 
The other four professional men said, this has been fun. We're going back to our core businesses where we can make more money. Kurt said to Carol, we have enough of a nucleus to start a management company if you're interested as 50-50 partners. Carol went home and prayed about it. She had a choice. I can go back into corporate America, no problem, or I can see how this entrepreneurial thing works. So she went home, prayed about it, came back and said, let's do it. She was um, pregnant at the time, about to be a single mother and still took a chance. Kurt took a chance and um, here we are. It'll be 31 years this June and that's that's the MDL Group origin story. When we came here, it was a 24-year-old company and it was always a market-leading property management operation which, oh, by the way, had brokerage. That's how I describe it. Uh, the agents were all good agents, solid agents, very well-known, great reputation, uh, mostly leasing agents to service the property management. So when we came here, we had this awesome opportunity to bring a lot of what we knew about how to run a global real estate company, all, a lot of the services, the bells and whistles, and most importantly, I'll say this, the support staff that was at NAI, they're still with us here today. It was, it was a cool thing when, you know, all this was happening. They told us, look, you go out and look for an opportunity. If there's a place for us with you, we'd like to come. If not, then we'll start looking for a job. So MDL Group really it brought the entire team together. And we were able, you know, the analogy is I feel like we took the engine out of one car, dropped it into the other, did some paint and body work, and off we go. Well, I, I can tell you from my perspective that uh, Carol is one of the most classy professionals people I've ever met, regardless, just she so she demands a room, but in such a classy, subdued way, she doesn't need to promote herself. It's, it's kind of that, that uh, attract versus chase. She can simply walk into a room, be herself, and everybody will come to her. So I, I can only imagine the meetings that you and Jared had sitting with her that you had to be sitting there just like, okay, this is somebody that I need to align myself with. But, but that's a that's a great story. I love hearing it. Uh, and you guys are in a great spot. Can I just add one thing about sure. Carol? Because this is cool. I've been working with her for seven years now, shoulder to shoulder, behind closed doors, in the trenches. What you just said about her, everyone says that about her because it's true. You know, that's the outward Carol. Let me tell you behind closed doors, when nobody's looking, she's even better than you think. That's good, yeah. to, good to know. So as we record this, um, we're continuing to fight uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Las Vegas continues to be shut down. Is MDL Group closed currently? Uh, I know that it would fit into that uh, essential category that Governor Sisolak has, has laid out. But are you open? What does it currently look like at MDL? We are open. We are mostly a skeleton crew. You know, we're adhering to all of the recommendations about uh, – Distancing wasn't quite out yet before the governor came on TV and, and closed some businesses, or maybe it was a little bit, but you know, if you're sick, stay home, wash your hands, mind yourself and your space and all that. Then governor goes on TV and says, we're closing businesses, essential, non-essential. That became the, the definition to look at. We looked, we are essential. Then we said, okay, what do we have to do in the office? What can we not do remotely? You know, grabbing the mail is an example. Our accounting office is another example. There's a lot of things that just has to happen here. 
So we went through that list and said, what do we have to do here? And then we mobilized around that. You know, we have brokerage, sales and leasing and property management and the accounting office. Those are our divisions. Brokerage was easy. Our agents are 1099. All of them are set up already to work remotely. If they don't have a laptop, they have a home office or even both. So, all right, that one's an easy one. We have broker support staff. They're on a staggered schedule right now as we're sitting here. I am in the office. There's one other person on the brokerage side. So at any time in the last two, three weeks, there's been two to three people here in about, you know, five, four or 5,000 square feet, just to give you a sense. On the other side, it's similar. Our managers have an office. So if they're here in the office, they go into their office. Social distancing is, you know, always, it's a mantra that we tout. And then we just have um, staggered schedules. For those that don't follow you on uh, social media channels, uh, I know Facebook and, and LinkedIn, you've, you've started, and I love it, you've started this 30-day personal challenge uh, to post ideas for commercial real estate agents, um, and I love it. So, so today uh, would be uh, day 13. I haven't seen that one uh, just yet, uh, and I encourage everybody to go check it out because uh, it's very good. No doubt we're in tough times, but what are you hearing – from the brokerage community, from people in your office, maybe colleagues and trusted advisors that aren't in your office, what are they doing right now? It's a spectrum, John. I mean, there's no any one thing. I'll tell you what I started noticing right out of the gate. Uh, you know, if you go through the seven stages of grief, that's exactly what you see. People got scared, people panicked, people were in shock. People are angry. Maybe they bargain. If you just look at that, that's the spectrum of, of reactions. And I'm not, I'm human too. So I've been through the spectrum also, you know, right out of the gate. I remember, like you said, I got into this business in commercial real estate specifically, but in the seat ready to attack late 2007. So the, the world didn't end yet. I say it was actually a worse time to get in because I had some hope. It wasn't, the peak, it was peaking. It was going up. And then Jared and I rode this thing straight down to the trough. And I remember what we did back then in the 2008s, 9s, and 10s. You know, Brad Schneff from Marnell gave us some advice, said, go burn some holes in the soles of your shoes. We had a competition that he and I set up to keep us motivated. Back then, you could have started your day at 10 a.m. You could have taken a two-hour lunch you could have gone home at 2 p.m. and you would have had a full day's work because that's all the work that was out there. So we, you know, one of the things we we get we did a point system for 30 days. If you're first one in the office, you get five points. If you make 20 outbound calls, you get, I think it was a point each. If you we had all this, we gamified this to keep ourselves doing things and active. So I'm not a stranger to this. I think naturally my reaction was to attack. Um you know, I say that last week, Thursday, my attitude sucked. I wanted to go crawl into a hole. So everyone, nobody's immune to, to, to the emotions, the spectrum of them. But I noticed right out of the gate, people were retreating. People were scared. They were um, not clear about what to do. They were unmotivated. Uh, people that worked in a team, not even in our office, in other offices that I was talking to. You know, I, I'm working in a team. My one teammate is a, a work from home parent. So they're not, they can't come into the office. And even when they're at home, they're, they're time and attentions with their kid. I feel totally displaced. So I, you know, conversation after conversation, I know what our agents were feeling. I had enough conversations with outside agents where I felt 
okay, this is something that I can do to serve my community. My community is commercial real estate, primarily agents, but again, there's the spectrum of title, engineering, architecture, anybody that is feeling these things because they're natural things to feel. What can I do? I can go and post one thought, one idea, something every day for the next 30 days to help them if they tune in, if they need it, when they need it. So that's what I decided to do and, and why. Yeah, and I love it. Again, I'm always looking for little nuggets of information. I'm I'm kind of a you know inspirational reading type of guy. Just little nuggets. I'll I'll take a screen grab, maybe make it uh, my my image on my phone or on my desktop. And um, I love the point system because it's something that I actually do. Uh, I have a sheet that I look at every day and I need to get to 20 points and 20 points include calls. They include office visits, lunches, taking uh, escrow officers to lunch. But it's just, it's almost like a little mind game that I play with myself. It's a challenge to say, Hey, a productive day is 20 points. And this is all the ways that I can get it. And if, if I knock out the 20 points over and over and over, then I know that I'm doing things that are necessary for me to see success in the long run. But, but then it's very simple, right? It's number one, just show up, just put your butt in the seat, just show up whether the seat is at your office or it's at your home office or it's at your kitchen table. Or <laughs> I actually had to make a phone call, a zoom call the other day, uh, I went into my walk-in closet. Now it's a decent size, but I had to get away from my wife and away from my daughter because my wife uh, is a school teacher teaching from home. My daughter is 11. She's in, in uh, fifth grade. There's craziness going on. And so I understand all the challenges. And when you're working from home, you have to eliminate the distractions. You have to stay on that schedule and you have to commit to getting your butt in the seat. That's first and foremost. Then from there, do the simple tasks and then repeat. And I, I heard something this weekend. Uh, what do I need to do today? to be a better broker tomorrow. Now, in my case, obviously I'd feel, I would feel in a different title, but it's take small steps today that make me a little bit better tomorrow. And then the second one was when you can't capture market share, you're best off capturing mind share. So whether it's podcast or it's one post a day, 30 day challenge, you see people doing all of these different things. They're thinking about you and it's, it's not business. It's, it's really, it's kind of social equity. You're building relational trust with different things because right now that's what we need a whole lot more than, than the other. Would you agree? Yes. And yes. And yes. And yes. So part of, you know, this posting, I, I asked who can I invite to help me with this? Uh, you know, MDL group hired a sales consultant for all of our agents a year ago. Her name is Greta Schultz. I shared with her what I'm doing. She said, hi, that's awesome. I want to participate. Let me offer this. I'll give I'm going to create a four-week curriculum that you can offer to any commercial real estate agent. I talked about it. I shared it. And I just sent out an email to 14 people in our in our community and actually somebody from my network in Chicago that is taking us up on this. You know, Mark Stark, who owns the um, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services franchise here in Arizona and California. I know Mark. I said, Mark, you oversee 3,300 agents. You're already putting out content on what the best agents are doing right now. Will you record with me? He said, absolutely. And Julie Youngblood, who I served with on the board at the GLVAR, she's, a, she's an agent with Keller Williams, but she also has a real estate coaching practice. And I, you know, I scheduled to record with her like a week in advance. And it happened to be Thursday afternoon, last week, Thursday. If you go to my post from Thursday, I'm honest about my attitude sucks today. I'm feeling it. I'm displaced. I'm unmotivated. I wanted to, honestly, I wanted to call Julie and say, Julie, I can't do it today. I want to cancel. 
but I'm thankful that I didn't because what you just said, she, she actually, we did a little game where I said, give me some coaching. She asked me a few questions, bang, bang, bang. She said two things you need to do. Number one, change how you're keeping score. Stop freaking out about how you're not attacking like you want to be. How do you win the day? That's what she asked. How are you, when you look at your day, how do you win the day? What do you need to do to win the day? So she gave me some specific things to focus on. And then in order to win the day, what came to the top was butt in the seat at 7.30, not at 8.30. You know, my previous routine, take the kids to school, butt in the seat by 8.30, doesn't work anymore. If I start at 8.30, day is mostly gone or um, my days are shorter now because I have to, I not have to, I get to go help my wife with our kids. So start at 7.30. Two things, change how you keep score, butt in the seat at 7.30. Julie is awesome. I actually, uh, for a year, she was my coach. Loved it. Uh, we, it, it was fantastic for me. It really changed my mindset. She's hardcore. Mm-hmm. It was a little more real estate focused than the title side, but there's basic principles, attitude adjustment there that uh, <laughs> that really helped. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I think you're one of the most knowledgeable guys in our market. I would love to know your thoughts as we sit here. You're uniquely qualified to answer this because you're running an an office full of brokers, but you also have a property management side and you're really plugged into our market. What do you see? What are you hearing? And it could be, you could answer as a, a property management side. You could even put yourself in the shoes of, you know, a mom and pop retail person that, that needs to, to pay their lease. Like, help our listeners understand a little bit about what's going on and what you see as we track forward. There's a confluence of several perspectives when you ask me that question. And I want to give context to what I'm talking about. Okay. So your and your question is very timely for me. I'm going to give a plug. You mentioned I'm on the board for NAOP. I've also been very involved with the programs committee, the programs committee for NAOP. Uh, every month they put on a breakfast. It's fantastic. 200 plus people attend. I say 200 plus people attend that are the highest caliber people in the commercial real estate development community locally and even from out of town. So the question was, who is the programs committee if we can't put on a program? Easy adjustment. We're going to do it by Zoom. As of last week, 384 people registered for this breakfast. Uh, I'm moderating it and we're asking the same kind of a thing. So we have Doug Roberts, who's the partner for Panatoni Development to give us the perspective from the development community. April 16th, coincidentally, is exactly 30 days since the governor came on and said, we're closing some businesses. So in the last 30 days, what's happening with development and also equally as important, what's not happening. Kyle Nagy, owner of Comcap, he's going to kill me for butchering this, but they are a commercial lender, mortgages, life companies, CMBS, banks. Kyle, what is happening? What's not happening from a lending community? And Guy Martin, president of Martin Harris Constructions, if not the largest general contractor, one of the largest general contractors locally. What is happening? What's not happening? So that's the perspective. I'm going to give the perspective like you talked about from property management. Now, as I sit here, I am a small business owner. I'm one of the owners of MDL Group. We have operational issues, work from home discussions, applying for the payment protection, payroll protection program. Did we get the money? Did we not? Where are we in the queue? All of that. That's one lens. The other lens, I am a broker. I kill what I eat. I chase business. I am in the service industry of helping clients with their commercial real estate needs. 
and and the property management side. So we manage 11,414,256 square feet. We have in that portfolio 1,723 tenants. We have 10 property managers. We have over 160 some odd owners. The spectrum from the mom and pop owner that this is my entire life savings is in this property, all the way up to REITs that we manage for. So what is my, my crystal ball saying? It's day by day. You know, how we were responding in, in helping our clients navigate this in week one was different than week two. It's different than week three. And it's different going into week four. We're hearing around the world, um, you know, China and some other places are already starting to get back to, to work and back to community. I heard uh, on the phone with somebody from Florida this morning, their governor is saying they're expecting to start slowly coming back to things around May. We haven't heard anything as far as I've heard yet as, as our state, as far as when we're going to get back to anything. Have you heard? No, yet? I have not. No. So that's the question. You know, Rod Santomassimo, I'll, I'll kind of give him a, a solid nod here. He posed a question. What is your pivot plan for the time being? What you talked about, if you're not gaining market share, how are you capturing mind share? But then what is your relaunch plan? The second they announce we're coming back, what is your plan? What is your plan as a broker? What is your plan as a, as a business? What are your plans as a, as a title executive? What is your relaunch plan? That is something for everyone listening to start thinking about right now because it's, it's going to happen. That we know. We will not stay under quarantine forever. We know that. The economy is at a standstill right now. It will be in a recession, no question. However, it won't stay there forever. It will come back. So the winners will be the people that are most prepared to relaunch with the economy. The people that are going to position themselves to ride that wave. So I plan to be a winner. I know you plan to be a winner. Anybody listening to this right now, you should plan to be a winner and start thinking about what you're doing now in your pivot and what you need to be doing in the relaunch. That's awesome. I love it. I've uh, written down some notes here and specifically pivot plan, relaunch plan with big stars next to them because uh, that's something I have not heard. I need to focus on that. So real quick again, I want to plug the, the NAOP breakfast, April 16th. Uh, it's a virtual meeting via Zoom. You can register, I would assume, Google NAOP Southern Nevada. Correct. Open to all. Uh, no cost. You can Google if it's not NAOP Southern Nevada, NAOP Las Vegas, the NAOP Southern Nevada uh, website will come up. I think it's now Katrina's going to kill me, naopsouthernnevada.org. But if you Google that, you'll find it under events. Go ahead and register. Okay, awesome. I'll be sure to put that link uh, in the show notes as well. I'll tell you why that's important. And it's important because of what you're doing right now. What you're doing with your presence and your podcast is you're, you're taking real-time information and you're putting it out there so people can apply it to themselves. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. What we're hoping to clear up with this panel is a lot of that uncertainty. Even if it's bad news, tell me the bad news so that I know how to navigate these waters. And Doug Roberts, Kyle Nagy, Guy Martin, they're going to tell us what is actually happening and what's not happening so that the entire community can have the best information, the most real-time information to make the best decisions possible toward their relaunch plan. I was going to plug Rod Santomassimo. Anybody, especially if you're a commercial real estate salesperson, Google Rod Santomassimo and subscribe to his blog at a minimum. 
if you want to take your your career to the next level, you can hire them as a coach too. Yeah, it's kind of funny story. I'm doing this thing on Facebook right now where I'm asking, what's your favorite band of the day? And uh, Rod is actually chiming in every day. And it's wild. I'm like, man, this guy, big time guy's paying attention to what I got going on. How, do you, how did I even get on his radar? But that's a whole nother story. And, and quick, real quick, I want to plug a, a podcast. Craig Rochelle has a leadership podcast and something that he, he said in his podcast, I love it. But it's exactly what you just said. Be honest. As a leader, in tough times, more than anything, you have to be honest. Even if it's the tough conversation, even if it's what people don't want to hear, you have to be honest. Um, real quick, before I let you go, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. I can't let you off the hook or get out of here without talking. What happened to Override? For, for, for those that don't know, Override is uh, this amazing little, it's almost like a food blog that you've created. You go to amazing steakhouses and different restaurants in town. You have some good cocktails. It, I haven't seen anything lately. Obviously, we're closed right now. What's the deal? Is it just on the shelf or did you retire it? Even before the closures, you didn't see much. And it's not retired, no way, but certainly suspended. You know, it was a fantastic idea. It was a fun idea. We we had a great run and we'll continue it at some point. But essentially, it was me, Jared Katz, and another friend, Dory Corin. And we would each invite one person. So it was always an audience of six. And we'd go to a steakhouse and would review it on our blog called override.com. So a couple of things happened. One is scheduling. Tough to schedule the three of us and then three other people. That's the honest to God reality. Jared and I both have families. Dory is a lieutenant with Metro. You know, before he promoted to lieutenant, just before, he's one of these officers that our Metro will send to other places to train. I mean, places like Nigeria. And I mean, he's a really remarkable person. So with his travel schedule, his work schedule, our family schedules, it was just tough to schedule. That's that's one thing. And the other thing, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what's our priority? And when I did that exercise, it wasn't one of the things that rose to the top. You know, Kevin Oder, who's my Vistage chair, is coaching me on, you can't keep adding and adding and adding without taking away. That was one of the examples of yeah. that. But not retired because we will bring it back. To be continued. Uh, so real quick, for those that are listening that don't know how to get a hold of you, how can people track you down? Obviously, a simple Google search would do the trick, but, uh, but let everybody know how they can uh, track you down. Yeah, so the easy is the Google search of my name, Hayam Mizrahi. First name, H-A-Y-I-M. Last name, M-I-Z-R-A-C-H-I. You can find me. I'm pretty active on Facebook, LinkedIn, kind of on Instagram, but more personally, and, and Twitter. Another, if you, if you want to send me an email about anything, right now I started a new email address just for this. It's um, H-M to make it easier, at mdlgroup.com, HM and our company, mdlgroup.com. I've been getting emails, uh, you know, anything. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm kind of disconnected. What are your thoughts? I'm taking my C, I'm about to start my CCIM journey. You know, can you give me any advice? Anything you want, advice, thoughts, feedback. I had somebody send me their brochure, one of our vendors, uh, their brochure. I gave him some graphical thoughts on how to how to make it zing a little bit more. Uh, again, this is me and my commitment. I want to help, so that's that's how I want to. I will do that. If you email me at hm at mdlgroup.com, or like you said, my uh, social media and then my podcast and blog takeaways. You can go on iTunes or anywhere and search for takeaways. There's a few by that name, but it's takeaways a podcast. 
about learning from the wisdom of others is the one. It's a white card with the word takeaways with a green dot. That's the icon. And it's fantastic. And uh, it's not only is it fantastic, it's what got me motivated to do mine. Hi, I'm one last time, man. I cannot say thank you enough, but thank you, one, for doing this podcast, but also for all of your help in getting this podcast launched. Uh, all the information that you've kind of poured into me over over the years. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know we don't get to hang out as much as, as I'd like to, but uh, even from afar, you've been such so instrumental in, in helping me way back in the IPG days from just, just talking with some bozo walking in your door. And that, how, here we are, what, 14 years later. Man, I really, truly appreciate I appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of my podcast. If you like what you've heard, please leave me a review. Rate me on iTunes, Spotify, and the other podcast platforms. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook. Just search John Sanders. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter as well. It's at Sanders PGA and LinkedIn also. If you're looking to make a real estate purchase anywhere in the United States, I'd love to help you. I'm not a real estate agent but I work with some of the best commercial and residential brokers in the nation. And I'd love to refer you to one of my partners. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Takeaways podcast is about sharing and paying it forward. If you like this show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. It really goes a long way. And if you really like the show, please share takeaways with a friend. Thank you and tune in next time.